London. Ken Miller. Trent Condon. Miller and Condon on 1460 KXNO. And now on 106.3 FM. All right, good morning, everybody. Welcome in. Miller and Condon on a Tuesday, Des Moines Sports Station, 1460 KX and 0106.3 on the FM dial is Trent Condon and Ken Miller. We're with you for the next couple of hours and appreciate you spending some of your morning here with Trent and myself. BMW of Des Moines guest list. Uh, we'll start things off uh, with Wade Looking Bill coming up here at about 20 minutes or thereabouts from now. We'll uh, get into the Big Ten tournament, most uh, difficult matchup. Uh, get pick his brain on that, etc. How he thinks the Big Ten uh, should be power ranked going into it. A lot of questions uh, for Wade looking, Bill. And we'll bring up the, uh, I guess we have to, the Roy Marble, Devin Marble stuff that uh, came out last night. And I'm going to sneeze, Trent. Okay. All right. I got you covered here. Okay, thank you. Um, uh, so we'll, I'm sure we'll get into that for a, a couple of minutes and maybe start the show with it here. Mm-hmm. Uh, but we will also speak with Shelby Mast. He's Gannett's Bracketologist. Tis the season after all. Shelby Mast will join us at uh, 1045. Bracketwag.com. Bracketwag.com is his bracket. He updates it each and every day. Question number one, maybe Drake can get his thoughts on, on the Bulldogs. And as every night goes by, they've got to be sitting in front of their TVs and they've got a, a, uh, a team that they're rooting for and against. So we'll get into uh, Shelby Mast at 1045. Then Matt Poston's, Poston's postcards. Good bit on the Big 12 in their tournament as it kicks off tomorrow. But he also uh, covers the Dallas Cowboys and they made some news yesterday as Dak Prescott's a $40 million quarterback in the league for the next four years. That's a lot of money, and guys like Josh Allen got to be very ecstatic when they saw that uh, that contract signed yesterday. Maybe Baker Mayfield. Uh, who else? Lamar Jackson. Oh, yeah. Oh, of course, I'm missing the, the slam. Uh, Drew Locke. Uh, Drew Locke, okay. Well, he's not there yet. Maybe not. Yeah, probably not. Um, what it told me, uh, you know, Jerry, Jera, uh-huh. he's head of the television committee. Oh, that the deals are done? There's money coming. Uh-huh. And Jarrah knows. Yeah. Good point. You know that money? It's going to be there. We're going to be right. okay. They're going to have to maybe do some belt, they, the league, do some belt tightening this year for what that means. It's certainly out of context for anything we know when it comes to tightening our belts. Mm-hmm. Uh, but um, with the salary cap, and I'm with you, I think it's going to escalate significantly here uh, in the next couple of years. So that will be Matt Poston's at 11.05, and then our friend Zubin Mahante. Uh, Zubin, Trent, and I will go around the world of sports with Zubin. Of course, ESPN Radio Mornings uh, with uh, Jay Williams and Keyshawn Johnson. Uh, and Zubin will join us at 11.25. So that tweet yesterday from Devin Marble seemed to uh, come out of nowhere. Uh, timing is everything. And I'm guessing that uh, on the heels of the announcement that uh, Luca Garza's number is going to be raised to the rafters. And this wasn't a compare my dad to, to, to Luca thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, this was, um, in, in Devin's opinion, uh, he thought that um, our thinks reading between the lines, uh, that the University of Iowa uh, mistreated his family, is what he said, and I'm paraphrasing, but somewhere along the lines, you'll never watch an Iowa uh, game again and doesn't want to be associated with him. Let me get the tweet in front of me. Do you have it? I don't have it in front of me, but there's a couple of pieces to this. The first piece is, yes, Roy Marble was an all-time great. Yep. In a basketball uniform. Correct. Not as a person. Correct. 
This was a guy that, before his senior season, had to go to rehab. Yep. It was him and two other players, but he went to rehab. Uh-huh. And that's not where it ended. It continued. Picture this. Go to that moment when I think we all saw the writing on the wall that Roy was dying. Mm-hmm. Roy Sr. was dying. Mm-hmm. And he was at all the games, and it seemed like every BTM broadcast. Yep, they would play. They would, and yep. Bardo would tell Cameras the stories of, focus on him, yep. Yep, of playing against each other. And that was seemingly every single game during Roy Devon's career. Mm-hmm. That was a piece of it. But yep. at the end, it wasn't going well. So they come out and they have this ceremony where yep. he's not having his number retired. No, but they gave him Dewey Henderson's jersey, and yes. that didn't go over well. And that was an embarrassment. Yeah, it was. That, that, that's, that's Gary Barda. Yeah, that's a terrible uh-huh. look. To give, oh, hey, look, we got this in the back room. Yeah, we'll call it good. It would say it's 23. That was Duez's number playing for Steve Olford. Right. Not a great look. It wasn't. It wasn't. So I understand that part of it and the disappointment that had to be there. But also, open your mind a little bit. And also remember, this is less than a year removed from Roy Marble being arrested for domestic yeah, assault. No, tr- you're preaching to the choir. You're pr- I, look. It's too many people are missing this. Mm-hmm. He was arrested for domestic mm-hmm. assault less than a year before this. And, and Trent, in today's day and age, here's the tweet, and we'll, we'll finish my point. I'll never watch another Iowa game in my life with the amount of disrespect that school has shown me and my family. Love the fans, but I'm in no way affiliated or connected with that university. Trent, there would have been a... In 2020, 2019, 2020, 2021, the era that we're in now, mm-hmm. if they would have hung that banner uh, at Carver, there would have been an outcry when people realized, you know, the behind the scenes stuff uh, to take it down. Yeah. Because there's more than just being a good basketball player. You have to be, um, you know, you have to, you're, you're held to a certain standard. And I get that. I, look, it was an embarrassing move. The, Thought was right. It was, yes. The the effort to honor um, Roy Marble in you know at the end of Devin's career that was the right thing to do. However, it was half assed. It was you know going into a locker to a closet somewhere and finding an old Duess Henderson jersey, putting it under an iron and putting it in a frame. And here, here, Roy, thanks for everything. Here's Duess Henderson's jersey. Yeah, go hang this up. Uh, that was embarrassing, and that's typical Barda who time after time after time can't get out of his own way. And there's another example of it. But again, it's uh, there, there's more to being a leading scorer at an institution. You've got to, you're held to a different standard. Yeah, and he Just did are. not live up to those no. standards. Not even close. Mm-mm. We're talking about a guy that was 47 at the time that he was arrested mm-hmm. for domestic assault. Now, I'll also say this, too. This is his dad. De- Devin's dad, mm-hmm. right? Yeah, and, and this is this has nothing. And that's where we come to the other side of it. This is your dad. He is the all-time leading no scorer. No question. And he lost him incredibly early. No question. And and fathers and sons have that bond. And then that wound gets opened mm-hmm. up again this weekend. Yep. yep. And you know, there was tweets from Roy Devon just this fall talking about Iowa basketball. And I think more than anything, this is a very raw, emotional moment. No, there's moment. no question. Your dad, mm-hmm. the all-time leading scorer, during his whole career there, I'm sure Roy Devon, he heard it from everybody. Oh, God. You know, hearing about stories about his dad, uh-huh. and and then you lose your dad, and you remember what it was like. I don't think anybody. It's a stretch. If you and I saw what a slap in the face it was for him to get the Duez Henderson jersey, think of that actual family and sure, what a slap yeah. in the face it was for right, them. Right. Because they knew it. Yeah. They knew it was a half-ass approach. They, mm-hmm. they knew, hey, let's cobble something together last minute, Right. and that's all that it was. So the disappointment there. But you're over it. And- 
It's guys that you know. He knew Luca. He knew Bohanna. He knew these guys. But then you see the scoring. And then right after the game, Luca gets his number retired, mm-hmm. and that wound opens up again. Yep. I, this is nothing at all to me about Roy Devin Marble. No, and his emotions. Not. No, 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 this not at all. This is his dad. This is yes. his family. I get why he did it. Yes. I mean, would you would you like to see him? You know, take a couple of days and think about it a little bit. Maybe something that'd be in June, right? I mean, they're about to play. I, regardless, the timing wise, he's going to make his own timing. I'm not going to hold the timing yeah. against him. But I, I get why he did it. I also get why the university didn't do it. There would be a huge outcry, mm-hmm. like what we went through in this in the in the summer, right, with the statues. Right. This is the era that we're in right now, and there's going to be there would be a group of people that. Uh, don't appreciate that had they done it. Um, and then they'd be in a whole different pickle. So anyways, that's where we're at with this one. It did come out of left field. I did get a kick out of some of the media uh, very quickly uh, reaching out or trying to reach out to Marble. And, I mean, I, Michael lost, uh, I mean, shoot or shoot, right? Yeah, yeah. Uh, you can't kill him for that. Uh, he put a tweet that, you know, just his credentials with his father. I followed him to Europe, dot, dot, dot. I think he took the tweet down. I couldn't find it this morning. Oh, okay. Um but if you if you want to tell your story, I I'll write I'll happily write it. And Pat Hardy did something similar, and Hawkeye fans they attacked the press uh, because for for whatever reason it was their fault for you know following up on what's kind of a story. It is a story. It's kind of a story. It is on the precipice of the team earning its best NCAA seed. Yeah, since Dad Roy Senior was right. a sophomore. Right. A sophomore, by the way. A long time. That was a long time ago, 1986-87. That's what we're going back to. Iowa, we feel, is locked in at the two seed, right? I do, Trent. Yeah, I I do. We said yesterday, I mean, Nebraska beats them. Nebraska goes But even then, Nebraska's coming in and people say, well, they won three straight games. It's going to take a lot. I think the the ones are set, and and I've said said so a week ago, or 10 days ago, and I thought that then, and I do now. I guess Michigan maybe? But even that, you look at the totality of their work, they are a number one yeah, seed. I think they are. Because remember, we have continually been told, last 10 or last 12 games, how you end the season doesn't matter. Yeah. It is the totality. Right. Now, that's garbage. I, I think it is. When Iowa got shipped to Dayton, you look at the totality of what they did that year, they should have been an 8 or 9 seed. Mm-hmm. They got shipped there because they lost 8 out of 9 going into the NCAA tournament. And we see this happen year after year. Mm-hmm. But when you look at the totality of the Michigan Resume, they're a lock number one seed. I think so too. They're not the second overall number one seed as no. they were at one point behind the Zags, who were just bored again last night watching that game. Where, aren't they great though? Yeah, they, they really are. <laughs> they're so good. There's, you got a future sticking on the Zags. I'm jealous about that. They yeah. are so. And the WCC, I watch WCC basketball often. It's because I'm up late and mm-hmm. I, I just, yeah. I loved it back in the day when Big Monday would then end. They'd have the games that end at 10 mm-hmm. o'clock, an hour sports center, and then go into the 11 o'clock game. I love that. We don't get that anymore. But I watch a lot of – it's a good brand of basketball. It's taking Gonzaga away better than the Missouri Valley. On par, certainly. Uh, certainly on par. Look, I don't watch as much. I'll defer to you. I think maybe a tiny step okay. above today's Missouri okay. Valley is what you get. Minus Gonzaga, because right. they're a tier of their own. Uh-huh. It's a high-level basketball. And still, Gonzaga just toys with teams. And 
you brought up a moment. I miss you got you got to tell this to listeners for people that are missed it last night, what? where you said there was a, a call that went against Gonzaga. Yeah, right. It was uh, it was they they were called for goaltending, and it was clear as a bell. He the guy went up. It wasn't even close. He blocked the ball into the backboard. And the official, and this was a, the game was like, Gonzaga was winning by 28 at the time. Okay. <laughs> and instead of being upset because the official just completely blew the call, a couple of players just stood around and laughed. They're bored. Yeah. I mean, if, they, if they're going to have a bad call and go against them to make the game a little bit tighter, they didn't even care. They didn't even care. They just went back, took the ball, and went up and got the ball back and scored. Um, Shelby Mass Bracket, I don't know if you've seen this little nugget. So he ha- right now has Drake in the tournament. Do you know who he has them playing against in the uh, play-in round? Duke. No, that'd be a good one. Yes. Colorado State, led oh, by. Oh, wow. Yeah. Nico, here's your old squad. That would be... All right, now, now, it would move the needle here. It would, yeah. Nationally, it's not. But it's know, still, when they go to the broadcast... Yeah, maybe so. Yeah, they would pick up on it on the would. broadcast, right? Yes. But the country wouldn't. No, but still, it'd be a talking point. When mm-hmm. that's in the early one, you probably got a Power 5 team playing in the latest of the late games. So the play-ins are Wednesday, Thursday, right? No. Thursday, Friday? No. When are they? They're all on Thursday. So we They're will have, all on Thursday. Yeah. So I want to say it's like three o'clock. There's a little bit of overlap. Maybe four o'clock, five thirty, seven, eight o'clock, something like that. Okay. There'll be some overlap to them, but yes, they're all going to be late afternoon into the evening for the first four, all on Thursday. And and then are they all going to play again on Saturday? Yes. And then they gotcha. just and that's how it is normally. You play on Tuesday in, in Dayton. Right. You play on Thursday. You play right. on Wednesday in Dayton. You play right. On but Friday. I thought you, with them all playing on the same day, they certainly wouldn't make anybody come back and play on Friday. Right. Yeah. And that's the way the bracket will be set Good. up. So that is uh, a part of it. What would you rather see, Drake Duke or Drake Colorado State? What would maybe more importantly, uh, what would Drake fans rather see? I think they would rather see Duke. I think so too. I mean, play that blue blood. Yes. I mean, right. I mean, how many times? How many times ever will Drake get an opportunity to play Duke. Well, all right. So I've lived in the state now for 40 years, and I can't tell you the number of times that I've heard Drake UCLA brought up. That thing happened okay. in 1969. Yeah. So we're talking about... Long time ago. Over 50 years ago, uh-huh. that game was played, and yet still today, yeah. that is revered. Now you're talking about, think of what the NCAA tournament was then, compared mm-hmm. to what it is now, and then you get to take your shot against Duke. That would That's be some headlines. Want. Yeah. Uh, does Shelby even have? I don't even think Shelby has Duke in. They got work to do. They got a lot of and work. They, to the, do. the work starts today, and they're in an yes. early game today. Yeah, he's next three four o'clock. Hours. Is that what time I they think play? It is three or three thirty. Miami plays in the early game. Don't remember who they play. They play Pitt. Okay, grab and, the Panthers, and then Duke plays Boston College. At, but yeah, at three or three three thirty. Yeah, and I, then uh, it keeps going. Right, Wake Forest plays. Uh-huh. I think there's a big day of ACC basketball. Uh, anyways, um, but yeah, that that would certainly be fun. Duke Drake, sign <laughs> me up. How many games does Duke have to win? That's a Shelby Mass question. Yeah, I, I they, think they got to get to the title game now. That far? I do. Wow. Yeah. You look at the totality of that resume. They're eleven and eleven. No, I know it's it's, it's average. It's not even average. It's right not now. even average. No. That means they would have to play five games. Even getting the semifinals, that would be mm-hmm. three victories. That would put them at fourteen and twelve. Power numbers are not very good. Net numbers are not very good. Strength of schedule numbers are not very good. Just on and on and on. Yeah, I think 
At minimum, they got to get to the semifinals. That means winning the first two games. And then you couple it. I think they got to get to that title game. Mm. We'll see Shelby if he agrees on that. The Dukies aren't going to be there. Michigan State will be. And do we see anything else? The dead cat bounce from Kentucky. I was looking at some conference futures and uh, jumped on a few different ones. Yeah. I, was, I didn't do anything in the SEC, but I was looking hard at them for a while. Can't remember the price, but is it, it, I mean, it's just a name across the chest. That, that's the only is, thing Trent. you're buying, right? I, I don't. Um, that team's bad. They're awful. They're awful. I mean, what a year in college basketball. Some of the biggest names in the sport um going to be left out of this thing. And I'm fine for it. Maybe I don't want to see this every year, mm-hmm. but uh, but but for this year, yeah, bring it on. It's going to be entirely different. It's going to be fun. It's uh, it's going to be fun to watch and I mean, thankful that we're getting this thing. Think back at what it was like when we had this taken away from us last year. I mean, think back. It was was it Wednesday that things Yeah, it would have been Wednesday. So Basically, a year ago tomorrow, mm-hmm. when you at least talk about the sports calendar. And well, when did Nebraska play in the Big Ten tournament? Because you was, remember Fred Hoiberg. That was that Wednesday night. Right. They were in the first game. So it yep. would have been a week ago. Are you a week ago? A year ago tomorrow? Right. Yeah. Right. Um, and watching Hoiberg sick as a dog. And we, nobody knew what, the, what, what it looked, what someone who had COVID looked like right. at the time. Um, boy, oh boy. It looked like, he looked like he was dying. Yes. Not being hyperbolic. Thought he was dying. That's where we were mm-hmm. at the time. No, that's just where wasn't we were training. You and I that had that thought. No, either. no, not at all. So we're sitting here watching games get canceled across the country. Then that following day on Thursday, yet the Big East plays on. Right, St. John's against Creighton. Now they didn't finish. They play the first half. Right. Everybody else had canceled. Yep. Yet in Madison Square Garden, yep. 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 St. John's Creighton one eight matchup. Here we go. My favorite part about that whole thing, though, well, I know what my well, maybe not my is favorite. you, yes, going home because <laughs> yeah. you weren't watching that closely. You just had well, I'm it trying on. to do a talk show, right? Right. It was just on in the studio. Yeah. And did you text me or did you just tell me the next day? I can't remember what. Well, it was. I thought that. I mean, I'm periodically I look at the TV and we have a little bit of banter on what we're watching, and I go home and I turn on the game to watch the second half because. No, it's not that far to Ankeny. I'm not going to miss that much of the game. And I turn it on, and I thought to myself, I couldn't, I couldn't figure it out because it's two different teams. St. John's was still well, playing. But they were playing somebody else. It was from the night before. Right. And In so the I think to myself, you know, am I having an out-of-body experience here? <laughs> because I was watch- I'm positive I was watching a different game. So I didn't because I didn't know that ESPN yeah. had switched. So on Sunday. Um, it was an E60 piece on Rudy Gobert on the start because he'll always be associated mm-hmm. sports-wise with COVID. Kind of patient zero of he sports was pa- COVID. That's a good way to put it. He was patient zero. And we, you know, the interview where he touches everything. Did you know that that happened before he tested positive? I didn't know that. I assumed that that was taking place at the time when the building was shut down. Huh. So this is a half-hour piece. Lisa Salters was mm-hmm. the anchor. It was like 10 o'clock, 10.30 on Sunday morning. And followed him to France, where he's from. He's a really cool story. Yeah, I mean, he really is a good story. But the fact that he'll always be associated with it, and uh, even Donovan Mitchell, they had a problem. Yeah, yeah. They didn't These, want to play together, They right? did not want yeah. to play together. 
they had some uh, some fences to mend there between those two. But I thought that uh, it was a really good piece, and I don't know if it'll air again. It's a half an hour. Find it online, maybe. Or ESPN Plus, if yeah. you want it. If you, again, you take out the commercials, I think it's 23 minutes. But it was a good watch, and it just... You know, it seems like, does it seem like a long time ago? It does to me. It does. I think it does to me, too. It's been a long year. <laughs> now, we say, we, I say, although, boy, the weeks are flying by, but when you, when you put them all together, it's been a long year. But we're going to get it this year. And uh, what a kick in the universe it was this time when we had that yanked away from us. Sitting in Wells Fargo Arena that Friday night of the Ankeny Walkie Championship mm-hmm. Boys game. And calling the final live event. Yes. Country. For the, the most part, I think you were. And I, we talked about it, remember? We were surprised that ESPN mm-hmm. didn't pick it up yeah. or, or something because yeah. everything they had on the docket was canceled. But got through that, kind of, at least for me, take the breath. And I was just thinking, I, I was actually had a meeting last week. And somebody said, what did you and Ken talk about during those two months? I have no idea. I, I don't know either. I have no idea. We did our restaurant radio, which is a great idea was, that you came up was, with. It was. And we heard that we helped out a lot of uh-huh. restaurants during that time very very we're proud of that we also aired the governor press conferences uh-huh. filled some time no that's what it was it was but what did we talk about trent you and i aren't funny no you and i don't have a lot of depth other than trying to navigate our way through sports uh-huh. the other shows this was a walk in the park for them um it's a little more we, heavy lifting for us we don't do and more no and can't do and more don't try to do it not good at it not going to embarrass ourselves we can embarrass ourselves with sports takes. <laughs> we don't need to go into it. We do it for two hours every day. Indeed. All right, we're going to get Wade Looking Bill in here next. We will talk Hawks with Wade Looking Bill. Get his take on Roy Marble, uh, or Devin Marble, um, both of them, uh, when uh, we come back. But uh, more on the Big Ten Tournament. Uh, and then uh, our friend Shelby Mass is going to join us. Bracketwag.com. He's Gannett's Bracketologist. Uh, is who he is, and he does a fine job of doing it. Vision Financial Services, Trent, 1776 22nd Street in Des Moines. Want to talk about our friends uh, over there, Mike Hammond. Of course, Jerry, they do a terrific job. They are our, our tax preparation people. Been doing it for a long, long time. It's more than that, financial services. Um, you want to talk about your 401k? want to talk about retirement plans? Mike does a terrific job of that. Uh, Google them, Vision Financial Services. The website again, Trent, is? It's yourvisioniowa.com is where you can go get hooked up there. Contact forms, get set up with your tax appointment and the other thing that i I just enjoy about mike is is if something goes awry and mention Mm -hmm. we had my wife and my infant son had their identity stolen a year ago he was on top of it right away everything pertinent was figured out got everything hammered out things are going to happen and this tax year is going to be like if you have a small business if you have anything like that Unlike anything you've ever dealt with before, Mike at Vision Financial Services can really help you out. Uh, he can. Uh, and I will ask him this question, but maybe you know the answer to this because I don't. The stimulus checks, is that that's not... I don't know. I don't know either. Because for your small business, is that something that... I don't know the answer. That's why we both use Vision Financial Services. We said we don't have a lot of depth. Right. We go to people that have depth. 1776, 22nd Street in West Des Moines. April 15th, be here before you know it. So will Wade Looking Bill. It's 1460 KXNO and 106.6. Substitutions extra. Condon, 
10.30 on a Tuesday, Des Moines Sports Station, 1460 KXNO, 106.3 FM. We take you until noon. Shelby Mass coming up here uh, from BracketWag.com. He'll join us in about 15 minutes. Right now, he's former Hawk Wade Looking Bill. He joins us. Take a look at the Big Ten Tournament. Uh, Wade, Trent, Ken, thank you for coming on. Wade, how are you? Really good. Really good. Thanks for having me on. No, listen, appreciate you coming on. Uh, let's start with uh, uh, with Devin Marble's tweet from yesterday. I'm not sure you saw it. Uh, it caused quite a yeah. stir. Um, you know, you played with, with Roy for what, one year at the, at, uh, you were at the beginning? One, he, one year, yeah. Right, you would have yep. been at, the, he was at the end, you were at the beginning. Look, I, I get why, um, why Devin had that opinion of his father, it's family after all. Uh, but I think, I think there's more to it than just the, on the floor stuff when you're recognizing uh, a former athlete is is that a good is that a good assumption on my part and you as a former player and as an alum uh, don't you think there's more than just what goes on the floor before you recognize them in some fashion that's you know supposed to last forever? Yeah, I don't, I don't really know. I have not looked into it. I know like B.J. Armstrong's jersey is is recognized, but I don't think his number's retired. Trent might know that. I, I don't know how many numbers Iowa has retired. I know Street's number's retired. I think some of those Fab Five numbers are retired. Um, you know, I played one year with Roy, and Roy was a really good guy. Just he had he had some bad he had some bad habits. Mm-hmm. Some bad some pro you know, just made some poor choices and, and just you know, but as a teammate and as a person he was always really good to me, and I heard you guys talking about it earlier, how they recognized him, and I forget when that was. Was Devin still playing when they he was right at the Roy? end? I think yep. it was 2015. Okay, yep. It, yep. it was it was a joke. It was it was ridiculous because they didn't retire his number. They just like framed some. Do his Henderson jersey. BS jersey that they found. Yeah, and they took it like that afternoon to get it matted. It was just, you know. Half assed. Yeah, it, it was. It was it, it was embarrassing. And you can say all you want about about Roy and his, his off-the-court stuff, but at, at the time, you know, when someone's your leading scorer, don't you don't you yeah. recognize him somewhere along the way? I, I I just don't understand how it got to this point. And um, I I met Devin one time just in passing. I think he's a really nice kid. He always seemed really quiet. The interaction I had with him just on the court, his demeanor, all those guys were kind of like that. Utah and Aaron White, just quiet like Weeze Camp, kind of quiet kids. But um, he's got his opinion. Mm-hmm. You know, I I think just. What happened Sunday was appropriate with Luca, um, yep. and it probably just rubbed him, rubbed some salt in, in the in the wounds that Devin may have. Uh, well put. Mm-hmm. Uh, let's let's move on. You mentioned Wieskamp. You saw what happened on on uh, Sunday. I mean, everybody yeah. heals different. You're, you're certainly not a doctor, Wade, but uh, I'm assuming you've had that injury a time or two in all the basketball you've played. Have they actually? Said, it's just it's, it's a sprained ankle, right? A sprained ankle. That's what that's what the report yeah. is. Yeah. So what do you think? What do you think about the likelihood so of him I getting? Think they, I, I I think he'll at least try to play um, Friday. You know, it, it. But the only way that heals is is with rest and. You know they'll they'll get a little bit of it this week, and if and if he plays or doesn't play, and they 
they win a game or two, and then they have to play again. Is it Saturday? Saturday, yep. Now with with the tournament, yep. so so I think what I was going to do is they're heading to Indianapolis. I don't know Thursday. Let's say they're not coming back. Nope. They're just going to stay all week and play. You know, hopefully Friday, Saturday, Sunday in the, in the Big Ten tournament. And they're not leaving Indianapolis. They're going to stay there. They'll get reassigned or to, to their other hotel. And I, I don't know if if you're playing at West Lafayette, are are you moving hotels? Mm, you guys know that. I don't. I don't really know either. I would think you have. To, I don't know. It's not up on my Indiana geography, but <laughs> Iowa's not leaving Indianapolis. They're staying there, Big Ten tournament until they get beat. Um, you know, in the NCAA tournament. So. You know, he's just got to rest it, and I tell you, I tweeted this out before the game Sunday. I think that's Joe's last game in Carver. I think Nunji's injuries, him spraining his ankle, C.J. Frederick, his stock is as high as it's going to be. You know, to to play in the NBA, you either have to be a super freak athlete. And you look at, like, if you want to compare Iowa players, Ricky Davis was unbelievable. And Ricky Davis was 6'7", almost. I mean, he was you know, dunk contest winner type <laughs> yeah. of athletics. Just crazy. So you have to do one thing really well. Um, Ryan Bowen, six ten and a half could guard anybody. In fact, OKC brought Ryan in just to work with Kevin Durant when <laughs> when Kevin was so young, just to work him out and practice and game, you know, that type of thing. Great can, can can guard people. Reggie Evans, crazy rebounder. Yep. Joe shoots the ball better than almost anybody in the in, in the in the world, you know, in the country. And his stock's not going to get any higher next year by averaging 22 points a game. You know, he's shooting 50% from three. I don't know. I, I just I just think the injuries with Jack and now with him and CJ, I think he's leaving. I hate to say it, but... I'd really be surprised, too. I'd be surprised if he's back. And uh, yeah. the, the future of Iowa basketball, though... We had concerns about it just uh, well, less, no more. a year and a half ago, yep. but Number we continue 15. to see yeah. it. Yeah, <laughs> Keegan Murray, we've talked about yeah. it a lot with you, Wade. It's just one game after another. He does something different. He is such a heady player, the athleticism, just mm-hmm. everything. Your thoughts on that Keegan and how he found one. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. He's so big down the stretch. Yeah. Yeah, he's just going to get better and better. It, his shot's not quite there yet, but it's it's getting there, and he can handle it, and you know, he can guard two through five, I mean, one through four, you know, probably can't guard, can't quite guard the fives, but he's pretty close. And um, he's going to be really good. Now, he's got a lot of work to do and got to get a little stronger and stuff. And But then Chris came in against Nebraska, got that rebound and dunked on somebody. I mean, so I, I think they'll be okay. Even if they lose, let's say they lose Bohannon, Garza, and Wieskamp. Tough to, you know, tough to replace those guys. But Frederick's going to be a star. I think Joe Toussaint's just going to keep getting better and better. So I'm excited about the future. As am I. So just one more on Keegan Murray. Do you see an NBA future uh, in Ke- with Keegan Murray? I I think he looks the part now. It's so too. hard to forecast that out. Yeah, yeah. You know, he's he's six eight and a half, so he's really not a three. He's not a four, but he can shoot it. You know, nobody picks and rolls anymore. Everybody picks and pops. You know, you look at Joel Embiid. You look at Brooke Lopez. I mean, he all those guys shoot three. So I, I think he's going to get there, but nobody's a lock. You know, nobody's yeah. a lock. Yeah, fair. So the Big Ted tournament. There's a lot of conversations. What does it really mean? Ultimately, it's about the NCAA tournament. Wade, never got to play in a Big Ten tournament. Didn't come around until about a decade never later. Did, no. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
everybody else has played ACC for a long time, on and on and on, but the Big Ten was one of the final holdouts and the only holdout at the major conference level. What are your thoughts on this Big Ten tournament and understanding the importance of what's going to happen starting a week later and if Wieskamp is close, if Frederick wakes up a little tender on that foot, what you'd be doing if you were in those guys' shoes? Yeah, I think the biggest thing is now is is the testing and stay healthy. You saw what happened to you and I, and I still don't really know all the details on that, but they're going to be tested all the time. So they just they just got to stay healthy, whether it's ankles or knees or, or COVID, for, 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 for one thing. And this is the first year, I think almost in, in France, tenure at Iowa where the Big Ten tournament had, won't really affect their seeding that much. Now, mm-hmm. if they lose to, say, let's say it's Wisconsin, if they lose by 25 to Wisconsin that first round, they may drop to a three, may, but I think if they if they at least play them tough, and of course if they win, two's the worst seed they're going to get, mm-hmm. which is terrific. And really there's not that much difference between a two and a three. Um, so if I were a friend, I would definitely try to win every game, win the Big Ten tournament, but Let's stay healthy. Let's have fresh legs come next Saturday. I'm with you. What are you seeing out of Patrick McCaffrey lately? Getting better, isn't he? Yeah, Getting I better. Think so I mean, too. just you know, he's a kid that is, you know, a little bit like Keegan, you know, because he's he's got a little bit of athleticism to him. He does some things that make you say, "Ooh, you know, well, where'd that come from?" And um, he's he's big too. I've seen Pat up front, up close. He's six nine. He's a big kid, and his shot's a little funky, but it seems to work okay. And Bright future, you know. He, he's the type of kid that could come in if if Joe does leave, he could slide in there, and and it would it would be a drop off, but not as much as people would think. Jordan Bohannon finishes up his career in Carver against the team his brother played for that didn't yeah. want him uh, against Wisconsin, and you know, with that, there were stories that were made, but. Maybe my favorite part of this is just how well he's played the last couple of games. Kind of feels like the Jordan Bohannon of old. And doing it, hitting, what, over the last two games, 11 three-pointers, 10 assists, the all-time leader in assists, just Bohannon. And is he the guy he once was because of the hip injuries? I don't know. But fun to see that guy gutting it out and having some fun on the floor again. Well, and I, I think Jordan's done a great job kind of taking a step back. You know, two years ago or even three years ago, they had to have him score more. Mm-hmm. Wieskamp wasn't what he was. Garza was a shadow of, of what he is now. And, and, and Jordan had to force things. He had, he had to take shots. But now he's almost deferred as, as the fourth option on that team. And I think he's done a great job. He, he's rebounded. I, I think he's guarded better than he ever has. Assists are up. Turnovers are down. But if you need a bucket, and you know he's a kid that could get 25 in any game. He's a dangerous person, but he's got to play really well if they want to make a run. Uh, Wade, looking builders, I guess. Wade, my well, my final thing for you. Um, go back to your playing days, and there would be a call that you know was egregiously bad, and it was at the end of the game. But you know, when you're playing, there there's no replay uh, to go and look at. Now we saw the complete opposite of that uh, when we watched the Wisconsin game. They were in front of the television monitors constantly. So from a player's perspective, would you have wanted that in your era, knowing that the game is going to slow down, but hoping that they're going to see what they think that they saw and get it right? Or is it a disruption that never should have come to the sport? So here's the thing. If, if I'm watching the game Sunday, I, I hate it. Absolutely hate it. Because I want to I get the game over. I want to keep that flow going. I think if, if I was playing, I would like it. Because because you want to get the call correctly, mm-hmm. correct. Now, 
they, they have to do something. Maybe they do something similar to what the NFL does. You only get so many challenges or whatever you want to call it, but it has gotten to the point now where they have that, oh, what's that phone booth call they make that Trent would know that when you go through their, Oh, there's other, what is it? Or whatever. Yeah. This is still, is that you what know, it they, is? They, yeah. They, they come into your space, right, they call yeah, right, or whatever, right. and they, they review that. Yep. They review the hook and hold and the elbows. It's getting to be too much. Mm-hmm. They have to. They they have to change. They have to tweak it a little bit. I think it's better, but they they can't have all these every. It's they have to change. It. It's just it's no, no nobody likes watching games like that. But as a player. You want to get the call right. Yeah. <laughs> yes, you do. Well, one final thing, Wade, and uh, I'll look forward to the NCAA tournament. It's going to be so much different. But take us back to your time as you were playing your final game. Rodney Rogers goes off for Wake Forest, and yeah. you guys get beaten a 4-5 game in the round of 32. But the finality of it, just mm. it's over at that point in the one-and-done scenario. And <laughs> Yeah, and for so many guys, yeah. that's it. There is no NBA. There is no going over to Europe. They say, you know what, I've had my time, and now it's time to, to start a career. What that's like for a player? It's really unique. Well, and first of all, you know, I, I had 16 points against Rodney Rogers. Now, now he had 30, 32 against he, me. He gave up a few I, weight, I unfortunately. On him. Yeah, yeah, I know, I know. But, um, you know, for a guy like me, it just it just ends instantly. It is It is the strangest thing that, you know, I was 23 years old, and I had played. My, my whole life had been kind of focused around basketball. You know what I was going to do this afternoon. You know when I was 12 years old, all the way through. You know when was I going to go to the outdoor courts in Fort Dodge, or when you know when I got to Iowa, what times practice, what times shoot around. You know when summer league. Um, my classes that I take. You know well, they have to be in the morning because it's be practice at one o'clock. It all ends instantly, mm-hmm. and you're like with this with this void. That is just, it's not like you can kind of, and you still can play pickup games or leagues. You know, you still kind of play, but it is the strangest thing. It just ends instantly. When you hear, you know, players talk about that transition, you know, you can, I can imagine what it's like for a, for a pro, um, but it happens to everybody. You know, so, somewhere along the way, people are just better, whether it's junior high, high school, college, or the pros. And you just know that I can't play with those guys. But when it ends like that in the tournament, and you turn your jersey in for the last time, mm. it just, it's all done. It's gone. Uh, and we're all done, Wade Looking Bill. We'll have a bracket next time we speak with mm-hmm. you, and we'll pick your brain on what you see, because you watch a lot of uh, college basketball, and everybody for this, for the first time in two years is going to fill one of those bad boys out, and aren't we grateful Finally. for that? Yeah, we were talking last year. I heard you guys talking. We were on the phone watching or watching Creighton and St. John's, yeah. and, and um, you know the Big Ten had already canceled. They played those games the night before, but yeah, I'm, I'm, I remember that. One year ago tomorrow, like Chris said. It's crazy. Wait, thank you. Enjoy the week. We'll talk to you next week. Thank you, Wade yeah. Looking Bill. Appreciate Thanks, it. All right. Take care. Thank you. Good Bye-bye. to talk to you. Wade Looking Bill on Iowa. Shelby Mast on the bracket. Gannett's bracketologist uh, joins us next. Bracketwag.com. Miller and Condon till noon. 1460 KXNO. 103. Ken Miller. Trent Condon. Miller and Condon on 1460 KXNO. And now on 106.3 FM. This is KXNO. All 
right, 10 minutes before the hour of 11 o'clock, let's get right to our bracketologist. He's Shelby Massey's Gannett's bracketologist. He joins us each and every Tuesday throughout the month of February and then into the, uh, well, once the bracket is out as well, and we're grateful for that. Uh, Shelby, uh, Trent, and Ken, bracketwag.com again is the site, bracketwag.com. Uh, let, let's start to, with the one seeds and a lot of ground to cover in 10 minutes to do so. Do you think that, are, are the one seeds set, Shelby, will uh, I'll ask it that way. Is there anything that could change to uh, change the one seeds as you see them today, Michigan, Illinois, Baylor, and Gonzaga? I don't think so. There's an outside shot Illinois could fall. I guess and Michigan, too, that they lose in their first game of the Big Ten tournament. But that's a long shot. Uh, I consider them set. So we're locked in with that one. How about the Iowa Hawkeyes here on the local front? Are they locked into a number two seed, even if they lose their first game of the Big Ten tournament, or go all the way and win the Big Ten tournament championship, are they locked in as a number two seed? I think they are. I think that's the fitting seed for them. They've had a great year, and I've got them at two. And I think that's probably fair. All right, so let's get to the other local story here. And there's a lot of folks on pins and needles that are Drake Bulldog fans. We saw them get to the championship game. They lost in the championship game to Loyola Chicago by 10. Uh, should there be a lot of sleepless nights amongst the team and the fans? Or, Shelby, do you think that they've done enough to punch their ticket? What is Drake? What's going to happen to Drake on Sunday? If it was up to me, Drake would be in, but it's not up to me. I think there will be some sleepless nights. I think uh, the the other results at Michigan State, uh, teams like that, they have moved ahead of Drake. I felt that Drake had to get to the finals and lose to Loyola Chicago to have a chance, and that's what happened. Now they have a chance. Now they sit and wait. The bad thing is there's nothing they can do. Right. It's out of their hands. Tough spot to be. And there's going to be other teams that are out there that are going to be able to improve their resumes. Well, Drake's is what it is. So as that's happening, the talk on the bubble, it's a huge conversation piece every year at this time. It looks a little different when you got teams like Michigan State who feel like they've kind of played themselves off the bubble and safely into the tournament at this point. But we had the conversations about Duke and on and on and on. In fact, let's go to the Dukies. That's your team that you root for. We were uh, having a little fun earlier in the program. How cool it would be to see Drake get to play Duke and maybe the first four on that Thursday. But Shelby, is it a run to the semifinals, to the championship for Duke? What's it take for them to get in your bracket in your mind? I really feel they're in a a situation where they have to win the tournament. Mm -hmm. I don't think just the semifinal run because the ACC is so weak Mm. and they're not going to have a chance for marquee win until they get to the finals. And if they get to the finals and lose, they might be a little, they might be an outside shot. But I'm saying this as a Duke fan if it comes down to Duke and Drake, I want him to take Drake. 
Mm, nice. Well, we want him to take Drake, too. Uh, Shelby Mast is our guest. Shelby, I look at a team like Wisconsin, and right now you have them on the eight. Now, I think for the, the, the that I was going to see them back-to-back games for the Hawks. Wisconsin will have uh, one uh, in Indianapolis before they get there. But that's one of those eight seeds. Loyola, Chicago, they might be a pain in the you-know-what, too. That 8-9 game with the for the right to take on the one, um, there, there's always some anxious moments, at least for a little while, amongst those ones. Because these eight nine games, whoever wins that one uh, is certainly going to uh, give themselves an opportunity to pull the upset. Clearly, yeah, they've had tougher competition in the first round. Whoever wins eight nine game had to play eight nine, the other one. So the, it's a lot better than playing a sixteen seed. Not as far as advancing, you get you know, you you get the win most likely, but uh, you won't necessarily be ready uh, for the second-round matchup. I think that's why we've seen enough of the 8-9 winner beat the one seed. It hadn't happened a whole lot, but I think it's happened quite a bit. You know, I uh, was hearing a quote from a few years back. It was when Wichita made their big run as a 10 seed, and it was talking about them you and I, when they were a nine seed and they beat Kansas in the round of 32, when you year after year under seed these mid majors that we know are really good, you're not just hurting them, but you're also hurting the team that they have to play in the first or second round. And you're setting up a bracket that's incredibly difficult. When you look at Loyola, you look at a San Diego State, teams like that this year, who's the team that's going to be underrated, underranked, and put in a bracket where you have a feeling they're going to make a run. Is there a team that jumps out to you, Shelby? Uh, not one that jumps out. I think this year is more even across the board. Yeah. Once you get past Gonzaga, Baylor, Michigan, you're, you're looking at a pretty even uh, bunch of teams all the way down to 12. Uh, what I've learned over the years is where I think a mid-major should be seated, put them on that seat, and then drop them two spots. That's about mm-hmm. where they've been seated. So if I think Loyola, I really think they're good enough to be a sixty, but I don't think the committee will do it. So I've been an eight. Uh, Shelby, who's the team that you are uh, that, that's giving you? Well, maybe fits isn't the right word, but but you're struggling to place them where you think the committee is going to eventually seed them. Give us a couple of teams that uh, uh, have caused you some uh, angst. Uh, Creighton and Missouri. They have very good wins, but they had some stinker losses. And so I could see them being anywhere from about five down to eight. I'm, I'm, I put them both on the sixth line. I feel comfortable with that, but it just depends on how the committee is going to value those wins versus those losses. It's wild. And you go through all these different scenarios that is out there. Ultimately, we get to the 68. So, Take us and fast forward to Sunday, right before the selection show starts. Is it is it a pit in the stomach kind of feeling? Are you just relax and say, There's "Well, we'll see what's going to be." about to be corrected, right? How, how is it just leading into those moments before the brackets revealed for you as a bracketologist? Hurry up and reveal it. <laughs> no more damn commercials. You're like I mean, us. That's what I, they release it and they give us a, a region, a commercial. A region, a commercial. Don't just give it all to us and let us decide what, what, what's right and what's wrong with it. Uh, it. It's a nervous energy, but a good nervous energy. 
Uh, it's a blast, and, and so grateful that we've got one this year. Shelby, we will uh, when we join uh, when you join us next Tuesday. We'll see how you did. How do you think you're going to do, Shelby? Do you feel you have a pretty good uh, a pretty good grasp of this year's tournament? I do, but then when we get down into the six, seven, eight seeds and beyond that, I don't have a good feel for it. Are they going to view it the same as they normally would? They, they pretty much can't because of COVID. I mean, there's been so many teams that have yeah. lost games and you know, quick schedule games. I don't know how they're going to do that. What, so when you when when you look back on how you did, how do you grade yourself? You have to be within what in order for you to feel like you were uh, you were right on that team within one seed, one line. Yeah, I think if if I have them in, that's good. I pat myself on the back, but I want to have them at least within one seed line to where I really feel I did a good job. Good stuff. We well, do a good job for us, Shelby Mass, and all the other radio shows that you appear on. We're grateful for you uh, finding time for ours, and we'll talk to you next week. Shelby, thank you. Thank you. Good to talk to you. Shelby Mass, Bracket Wag. BracketWag.com. All right, in hour number two next, a little Big 12 tournament conversation with our friend Matt Postens from Heartland College Sports. And then Zuba Mahente will join us. Trent and I are here until noon on 1460 KXNO, 106.3 FM.